Welcome to a football show Monday night instant reaction following the Titans win over the Miami Dolphins. He is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall, brought to you by Sinkers Beverages and the Kingston Group. Uh, that is right. Uh, here is your Russell's Reserve. What are you drinking on there, Zach, big guy? <laughs> uh, Miller 64 right now. There we Extra go. light beer. Got some Russell's Reserve. All, of course, courtesy of Sinkers Beverages. Seekers Beverages, or this is actually Bluegrass Beverages, which got hit by the hurricane. So go support Bluegrass Beverages when they are reopened. But good, or hurricane, tornado. Uh, this is Good, bo- good Boy Vodka, Raspberry Iced Tea and Lemonade. All right, what else and you got? My uh, father-in-law went to Bluegrass Beverages as well and brought some Labatt Blue and left it at the house. So. Gotta love some little, Blue. Little bucket of goodies over here. <laughs> First of all, I have no idea what just happened. So we're going to have some fun tonight reacting to what is. And and honestly, like, again, Sickers Beverages is our sponsor, but so is Bluegrass Beverages of football and other F words. They were actually hit in the in the tornado, of course, that hit Hendersonville, Madison, uh, so many people, Clarksville that we are thinking about at this time. Number one, please don't go up there. Just don't go up there. Don't go up there to drive around and look in rubberneck and shit. Ask people what they need to try to go help them. And on a also, weekend, Uber eats from over there, at yeah, least yeah, on yeah. Main Street. I did that no, no, yesterday, no. not thinking about it. And we were waiting. We had a, like 10 family members at our house yesterday. And uh, we were waiting for this pizza. And we just kept waiting, just kept waiting. So, I, And then my brother-in-law was like, well, they can't. you can't go anywhere over there. Because we ordered from Sandra's Ferry Pizza. And I was like, well, shit, I am an idiot for not yeah, thinking yeah. about traffic and road closures and all that kind of stuff. So on a weekend, and, and again, the passing, the, the very way too early tragic passing of Frank Wycheck, of course, uh, combined with what took place to our in our community, could, could not make up, write a Hollywood, you could not pay, now that the, there's, no, there's no strike in Hollywood, you could not pay those writers a, to write the script of how this Tennessee Titans game was going to go against the Miami Someone Dolphins. paid the riders. <laughs> I mean, just an absolutely bananas football game. Some of the dumbest shit I have ever seen in the history of my life as a Nashvillian. Uh, and some of the most insane. And, and I think ultimately the, one of the biggest points about tonight is going to be, what does this mean for Will Levis moving forward? Uh, with two incredible drives, Tim Kelly, incredible drives at the end of the game. Uh, even, even all the receipt, like, not just it wasn't just by the way there's so much to say here uh, brought to you by Kingston Group as well by the way shout out to Kingston Group uh, buildkg.com uh Sinkers Beverages of course like Tajay Spears absolute dog uh, on Monday night against the Dolphins just an absolute dog but like not say, just Senior Bowl's coming up and me and Stoney really <laughs> nailed that one not just him uh but obviously uh, on those last couple of drives you you, you had everybody nwi making plays you had deandre hopkins making plays chig making plays the offensive line giving will levis time to throw tim kelly drawing up absolute just brilliance on those final two plays and then will levis of course the superstar of the night now again we can look at the first couple of drives with three and out three and out one of course was the interception for a touchdown maybe a bad play call there but also you can't make that throw so a terrible decision he just he kind of had a herky jerky game where he looked like he had one really great long extended drive to get the team into 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 back into the game or take the lead the long drive at the end of the half to tie the take the lead there another long drive the 12 play drive to kick a field goal to take the lead in the third quarter uh, the pitch to Derrick Henry and the fumble I don't think was on him that's got to be I mean maybe it was a little high and hot but like I it's don't know be- everybody tells me when when a receiver doesn't make that catch everybody tells me well you, if you get two hands on it you gotta make it. And Derrick Henry made a spectacular catch down the sideline earlier in the game. So, again, I think that's on both of them, but I'll put it mostly on Derrick Henry. Either way, we saw some, and we'll get to all the decision-making here. The Eric Gare mistake, was it, was it, should it have been a penalty? I think that's a fair question. Um, So there's just so much to get to, but ultimately, Zach, the most important question here uh, on this particular night, after watching whatever the fuck we just watched was, is, like, did we see, and there's no way to answer this without time, but did we see the cementing of Will Levis, the confidence? Are those two drives going to be something that we look back on and we say that was when he figured it out? That was when, like the offensive line still needs work. The false fucking starts for the love of Christ. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot to, to go here. He still had bonehead plays and missed some receivers. But is that something that you think that we look back on five years from now? And we go, that was the night that that he figured it out. I I am just I'm floored by what I saw 
and thoroughly impressed. And I think it's something that we have been talking about for the last couple of weeks, right? Is like we've seen enough of Will Levis to know that you least give him a chance with a good offensive line, a good wide receiver. You take that hundred million dollars, you take all these draft picks, and you build around Will fucking Levis. And at this point, <laughs> I, I mean, I keep saying it, and everybody's like, well, you can't call him a franchise quarterback, can't call him franchise quarterback. Listen, he may not be a 10-year franchise quarterback. He may, may not be a 15-year franchise quarterback. But he is an immediate three- to four-year franchise quarterback that you risk taking the build around. And, look, I, I get it. I am one of those people that wants the higher draft pick. And we're going to get into this coaching job that Vrabel has done and what he has done over the locker room and all this kind of stuff throughout this, this probably the, the whole week. I think it should be, that should be number two or really one B is the coaching job that, that Mike Vrabel has done these last two weeks. That's going to go unnoticed. I feel like because it's going to be overshadowed by Will Levis and that's fine. Will Levis. Is the- <laughs> oh, shucks. What a terrible problem to have, <laughs> but I look at it and I go, okay, I want Joe Walt. I want Olu Fashano that I'm never going to be able to remember how to pronounce his name in the moment for whatever reason, but Olu. I want MHJ. But is Latham a good, you know, consolation prize to put over on the right tackle side? Because you you can't get fucking Raidens who's not a tackle? Like, at this point... It's all about Will Levis because whatever is going to help Will Levis, a right tackle is going to help Will Levis, a left tackle is going to help Will Levis, a center is going to help Will Levis, a wide receiver is going to help Will Levis. There's four different ways to help Will Levis. And I get that there's maybe different levels to all this, but at this point, this is what you want, right? Like, it doesn't matter win or lose, win or lose. You want to see Will Levis come out and do stuff like this. Maybe you want Will Levis to lose by one point, and that's fine. I totally I totally get what you're coming from. But he fucking beat the 9-3 and three Miami Dolphins that they had no business beating, and he helped do that by making plays on the move, by making plays with his arm, by making spectacular, mind-blowing throws in the face of pressure. He only took one sack, and that was at the very beginning of the game against one of the most sack-heavy teams in the NFL in the Miami Dolphins. it's It was what you... For me, it's like the Tennessee Titans have been held back by not having a quarterback. And right now, I don't know how through seven games you don't think Will Levis is that quarterback. And it's hard not to get excited. It's hard not to buy in to this headband-wearing goof that is going around... <laughs> And throwing his body out in the line. Like, I understand what Bills fans love about Josh Allen. Like, this feels like... Yeah. I I don't know. Like, I, I'm in words because, like, I hate that they won. Because <laughs> the Giants won, right? Because the Giants won. So I hate that they won. But I fucking love it because I've... I got to go... Listen, if you give me a chance, I can go get my Kentucky flag out of this uh, drawer over here that I found. Because I fucking love Will Levis right. at this point. Okay, okay, okay. I I want you to get the flag, but not hang on one second because you need to hear something. Stoney needs to hear something. Everybody in the comments. I got wireless headphones so I can hear you. You guys need to all hear something. I stop, stop it with the draft pick shit. Stop it with the mock draft. Stop it with which grading the tackles out. Enjoy the moment. The the whole point of being a football fan is to enjoy the, the whole. Football is the original reality television show in this country. When the Colts and the Giants played, up in New York in like 1958. It is the original reality television show. You watch to watch shit like tonight. Don't spoil it with worrying about a mock draft or whether or not the third tackle is as good as the second tackle. Calvin Ridley, by the way, is the answer to all of you people in the comments asking about T. Higgins and the Marquise Hollywood Brown. I mean, jo- jo- can I say something? Joshua Medina says higher draft pick matters more. It matters more than finding a franchise fucking quarterback that can win you games. Okay, no. okay, okay, okay. We're no. all in a good, we're in a good mood. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. We're in a, in a good, good mood. mood. We're in a good mood. Big Blue Nation, baby. Um, but but my point is, is like it to, to the draft pick is 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 a consolation prize. 
getting a better draft pick is a consolation prize to having to deal with the losing. If you play the Colts and you lose Jeffrey Simmons and you lose Ryan Stonehouse and you get two punts blocked, it is a consolation prize that you get a better draft pick. It takes the, the sting. It's the it's you know, that that's all it does. But the last two games have been two of the most entertaining football games I have ever seen the Tennessee Titans play. And while one of them was painful and costly, it was still entertaining. And tonight, they they should not have fucking won the game. They had no business winning that football game. No business. No business winning the game. And to do what they did and to watch Will Levis do what he did in those final two drives, which are not all him, he's going to get credit for it, and and he deserves it. But Will Levis deserves the credit. But Tim Kelly called two brilliant drives. Tajay Spears is an absolute monster that needs more footballs. Chigga Conkle made a couple not of having good a good plays. Game either. <laughs> there I don't. I don't. Uh, he had a couple of good drives, but I agree. He, he, but like they just they did it. Like that's all you can say. The proof's in the pudding, right? Results matter. Results dictate. And they had Eric Gare. They had an interception. They had fumbles. I mean, they had all this stuff that happened in this game. And it still happened because it, because of Mike Vrabel, because, and it's not in no particular order, because of Mike Vrabel, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Levis, and Tim Kelly. You know who I didn't put on that list is Derrick Henry, and that's well, typically yeah. the guy. Yeah. That's typically the guy you have to lean on in these situations to be the closer, and it's Will Levis. This is Will Levis's team. When's yes. the last time we've been able to say that a quarterback, this is a quarterback's team? So, uh, Sinker, Sinker's Beverages. Sorry, Kingston I'm very hype. You're just you should, not going to be able you, to calm me down. I don't want to calm you down. Uh, Sinker's Beverage, I want to direct it in the right way. It's my job as the, uh, I'm like the, I'm Vrabel here trying to direct Will Levis's goofiness into the right place. Sinker's Beverages, the Kingston Group, of course, are great sponsors for, remember those guys. I will try to get to as many of you guys in the comments as possible. Oh, Logan, do not bring Henry back. I'm done with Henry. Q, QC Hawk says, said it earlier in the chat, moving from four to nine in the draft is worth confirming that you have your quarterback. And that could not, I yes. could not say it. Could not say it better than that. That is absolutely correct. Kenneth says, for the first time in forever, Derrick Henry is no longer the center of the offense. Will Levis is the franchise and the center of the team. Yes. Yes, it's absolutely correct. And unfortunately, we are watching. And it's, look, he got to 88. He scored two touchdowns tonight, Derrick Henry did. 88 touchdowns is Hall of Fame is, is Hall of Fame territory. There's a chance he could get to 10,000 yards and 90 touchdowns, and there's very few players that have ever accomplished that. And Eddie George is up for, for the Hall of Fame ballot this year. So we'll see what that looks like in relative to like what it means for a guy like Derrick Henry. But we're seeing sort of this, the, like, this is the passing of the torch here. Tannehill has done it to Levis. And now we are watching Tajay Spears. He had almost 100. Didn't he have, did he have over 100 yards receiving tonight? I think he might have. Uh, let's check. He, 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 Tajay he, Spears, 89 yards, but he had over 100 yards total offense. Total offense. The guy needs the football more. NWI made plays. D hop made plays the entire game. Uh, but on the last two drives and Debbie, I made a couple of plays. Chick made a couple of good plays, plays on third down. Do what? Says that Traylon Burks did not make plays. Kyle no, he Phillips was, was active, but non-existent. Not, not a part of that. But ultimately, again, I think what is okay um, is for you to look at those two drives and to allow yourself for the first time. I think you could say since Steve fucking McNair, that you found a guy that you believe in can make it happen in the final moments. Now, it doesn't mean that this that tonight is going to happen all the time. It doesn't mean that this is the thing, like that he's not going to have some boneheaded decisions or some really bad quarters or some really bad games. There, are, It's going to not, it's not going to be linear. It doesn't go like straight up and down. It's like the stock market, right? You're going to go up and down and up and down and up and down. But the whole point is you see when it's good, this is one of the best teams in the NFL on the road. Down by two touchdowns with five minutes to go. You have no at home. Sorry, no. Sorry, Titans on the road. You have no worst biz- teams on the road. Yeah. Also, yes. You said true. best team on the road, so I thought you. Sorry, sorry I thought they you the they, they beat one of the best teams in the NFL on the road. Down by two touchdowns with less than five minutes to go. With a rookie quarterback making his eighth start. Down by two start. scores. It down it, by it, two scores. <laughs> and overcoming some of the dumbest shit you'll ever you'll ever see. <laughs> So, so, and we'll get to that in a second because the defense also we're lost in all of this to your point about coaching is going to be how well the defense played. Now, I think the Miami Dolphins went away from the running game way too early, too much in the second and third quarter. They, they should have kept pounding the football with that creative offense and those three backs and they didn't do it. They were averaging in the fourth quarter. They were averaging like 5.7 yards per carry and had 140 yards rushing. They should have been doing it all game long. So I, I, 
And, and let they, me say something. Credit to Blake Bedenfield over at PaulKarski.com who called this. He said that if you if you are in a close game, you're going to have an impatient Mike McDaniel. And I thought he was totally wrong because I figured, and this goes back to coaching, but I figured that with no Jeffrey Simmons, with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and the speed that they have, it didn't matter if the Dolphins had one second to make a play or you know, 15 minutes to make a play, they were going to score at will. And so credit to Blake Bedenfield, who kind of called that this would be how it happened. And to your point, Mike McDaniel, he grew impatient and he's went away from the run, which they were gashing him as like a quarter and a half. They already had over a hundred yards. I mean, it was they were gashing him. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I thought that Blake Bedenfield was a crazy man and and nine times out of 10, he usually is, but this one time he got it right. So I need, if I'm going to be cri- critical of him when he's normally wrong, I need sure. to give him props. He's right. Uh, okay. And I'm drinking some, uh, Russell's reserve 10 year barrel pick. There's like, like two bottles left courtesy of sinkers beverages, uh, of course, uh, and the King and the Kingston group, give him a call. Um, I do have your bottle sitting over my shoulder right over here. So I've got you that bottle. I, I got to come down there and get it ready to go. Um, <clears throat> okay. So I, I do want to talk about the defense though, because they obviously, and, and, and I, Logan, you say ESPN media is talking about Miami blowing it zero credit to the Titans. Uh, don't allow the fact that the dolphins losing by two, t- like having a two touchdown lead at home in the final four minutes, blowing that lead and how poorly their defense played and how they couldn't get pressure on Levis and how they did go away from the run. That's that's what the media and the national narrative is going to be because that's what the fans that aren't Titans fans care about, and so you can't you can't it, it's nothing to, it's not anti Titan it's pro ratings, and you just got to let that shit go. You can't we, we've told you this a million times on the show. You can't let the national conversation upset you or bother you because it's never going to be about the Titans. It's just not the Titans don't draw a big enough number. I I do think the Dolphins did blow it as well. <laughs> also, Will Levis took it away. So you got it, but, but it, also cold. like, I mean, I kind of look at it like the Dolphins. Yeah, they kind of blew it, but they also they're they're really good against teams with losing records, and this is the first one this year that they've lost to a team with a losing record. So this is kind of like, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Dolphins blew it, or maybe the Titans were just not as bad as all the other sub five hundred teams that they played against. But well, I got to give credit to Mike Vrabel. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. can we talk about this? This is what I wanted to no ask you. What did he do on just, defense? What did he do on defense? What did you see? I fucking sacrificed a child. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he put through a virgin in a volcano at some point throughout the week. <laughs> if he sold his soul at the crossroads that he keeps talking about that this team is at. I don't know. Because there is no way that this team should have had a, a close game with the Dolphins. There's just no. no way. I don't even think anybody predicted that this was going to be an actual close game like it was. And they they got pressure on Tua. Maybe it's because they injured a bunch of people, and maybe that's really what the game plan really comes around, is that they just injured like five different people throughout the game. But Amani Hooker was everywhere. Yeah, Sean Murphy got burnt, but he did pretty well on in big spots as well. Uh, that you could tell that the Dolphins' game plan was to go away from Aziz Al Shire on the run game. They they attacked Jack Gibbons all game, which is when you have speed. Smart, yeah, it's smart. And and, and Tyree Kill the Tyree Kill injury the Tyree Kill yeah. injury absolutely played a factor. There's no question about yeah. that. And now it's Sean Murphy bunting, so you know you got to kind of give him props he, for that. He had a great game. Uh, he had some bad plays in the fourth quarter, but otherwise I thought yeah. Sean Murphy Bunting had a really good game. Uh, I mean, I'm, I like it. Monty Hooker, Sean Murphy Bunting. Uh, we didn't hear Trey Avery's name called at all. Like, when did you hear or see Trey Avery make a bad play? And I, I'm, I'll am i wait for anybody yeah. in the comments to tell me, but I didn't hear his name called once, and that's a credit to him. If you don't hear a DB's name, that's a pretty damn good game. Yeah, and Rodney McCreary played fucking lights out. Elijah Molden, maybe just one bad play. Uh, there was a pass off between him and Sean Murphy Bunting that looked really weird. I don't know. Like, it reminds me of that Chiefs game, except for it wasn't as big of a blowout back in 2021. And I can't believe I'm saying it because I literally said either today or yesterday that you can't expect 
a 2021 this team to be that game. You can't expect this because it's yeah. a totally different team, totally different health-wise and all this kind of stuff. And then here comes – and I even said, there is no such thing as a Mike Vrabel magic game anymore, and boom. Well, Mike and Marcus – I, I agree with you. It was it it absolutely reminded me of those games. But I think there's actually a common thread to some of those. And like, and I think Marcus nails it. It, it also feels like they were physical on D for the first time in a while. What 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 makes a Mike Vrabel game that magic game, in my opinion? Wh- and this is why I think the Chiefs have been transitioning as an as a franchise away from that type of team. Is when you have speed and small and finesse, Mike Vrabel feasts on that shit sometimes. Like he, he, he knows like, by the way, Harold Landry, welcome back. Like the, this, the, you can see that the knees starting to be a hundred percent had a great game tonight, but I think Vrabel likes the idea of going against a quote unquote finesse team. And maybe there's no such thing in the NFL, but it's more important than that. It's a, it's a finesse offense that he likes going against. If it's built on speed and it's built on t- like timing and, and all that stuff and angles and he know he knows how that's what he does. He took, he, that's what he did as a player. He was the guy who wasn't the fastest and what, like he's, you know what I mean? It's all, it's all coaching. It's all fundamentals. It's all angles. It's all technique. It's all this stuff. Like without, there's no, like, there's no reason for them to have won that football game without Jeffrey Simmons, without their star punter, with an offensive line with two rookies on the left side and a rookie Ooh, quarterback. By the way, the punter did really well. Something that John Robinson couldn't do. Rand Carthon was able to do was replace Brett Kern. You remember John Robinson couldn't replace Brett Kern. He had the worst punters lined up, a guy's off FedEx. And here comes Rand Carthon or Mike Frable, whichever one you want to believe. And boom, here's a punter that did a really good job. Yeah, he did. Uh, Forrest says the the Titans are the first uh, team ever to be down by 14 points with less than 255 left and win without overtime. I I don't, I don't have confirmation of that stat being correct Threw that stat up as like 700 and something games or something. uh, uh, 787, I think. Yeah. So it's 700 something games. So that's, that's a long time. (laughs) Well, if, if in fact that's true now, again, they got the ball way before 255. So the 255 was at the end of the first drive because they got the ball with about four, I think it was like 434 or something like that to go. And and you're just going okay. Let's let's see what 757 Jackson says in the comments. So we'll we'll, we'll double check that. But they again like like we can get to some of the mistakes if you want to quickly because I actually think there's a, a conversation to be had about the Eric Garrett play. Now Mike Vrabel was seen on the sideline, and I tweeted this out. It's very clear as Eric Garrett is trying to explain what happened, which I do think there is a legit conversation to be had about what happened. That's that's more complicated than it looks, which looks like a stupid rookie making a stupid rookie mistake. At the at, in the middle of that conversation, you can very clearly see Mike Vrabel on the sideline saying, "I don't give a fuck," uh, and he says that right to Eric Garrett. I coach. The- that's a, that's that's a coach that I can take after my own heart because <laughs> you know what? That's exactly what you should tell a professional player when they come over and make a yeah. stupid mistake, yeah. regardless of if his hand or his arms were touched yes. or whatever. Yes, you don't go attempt to make that play. Exactly. Be nowhere near the football. That is the coaching lesson there, and that's a mistake by the rookie. Now that being said. The last time I checked, and I don't know about you, but I think we've all watched a lot of football here. You cannot touch a return man before he touches the football. Last time I checked. So if, I, I assume that grabbing a guy's arm counts as touching a guy before the football. So in theory, it should have been a penalty on the Dolphins, which I don't know. I would guess, though, and I don't, I'd like to hear what you think. I, I To me, that was the, the pitch to Derrick Henry. That was all snowball shit. It was like we could feel it slipping away. We made a stupid mistake. We just got a big stop, but we made the stupid mistake, even if it should have been a penalty on the kick return. I, I mean, other than, I mean, it felt like it was snowballing out of control. And honestly, they could have called a penalty on that, I think. And if the broadcast didn't talk about it at all, which I didn't hear them say anything, I honestly, that's a miss by the broadcast. And Chris Fowler is a true professional who has apologized for making very tiny mistakes in his career. And if they didn't mention that call and they didn't catch it in the truck, that is a mistake on ESPN. That's a mistake. That's my company. That is a mistake on ESPN and the broadcast for not catching that and talking about it because he shouldn't have been anywhere near the football. Vrabel's right. I don't give a fuck. Shouldn't have been anywhere near the football. But if that was in fact a penalty, you got to talk about it like that. 
Yeah, and I, I was trying to look for a clip. I thought Paul Kaharski had it, uh, but I can't find it. So um, initially, when I saw the play, when it went live, I thought that it hit Nick Westbrook Akine, or Ikini, depending on who you ask in the broadcast <laughs> booth. Um, but Lewis, Lewis I thought Riddick. it hit him, and then I saw I saw the replays, but they were kind of, and so I was kind of focused on him. So I can't really speak to to whatever happened to um, the touching of the arm, whether he got interfered with or whatever. Either way, unless someone else touched the ball, he should not be going to grab the ball. Right. And in fact, he should be, if he did get grabbed, he should be flopping like a soccer player and getting the penalty, whatever <laughs> it takes. Um, to me, it's just like, at this point, I, I, I we need Kiaris Jackson back. I don't know what's going on with Kiaris Jackson, but we need someone back there that's not Eric Gehrer. And that's no, I'm not trying to be dismissive of Eric Gehrer or dismissive of anything. He's just not that guy. Yeah, I and, agree. I, and and again, really, he didn't really have a bad day on defense either. That's the thing. Is like, who had the worst day on defense? You would say Sean Murphy Bunting, but even then, or you no, know, you say Jack Gibby. Uh, probably but, Gibbons, yeah. Yeah, Gibbons. But in the secondary, you'd say that Sean Murphy Bunting had the worst day, but it was still a good day. Yeah. Like, you don't really have anybody in the secondary. It's it's kind of weird. Christian Fulton wasn't playing in the Kansas City game that we were talking about earlier is Greg Maben. Christian Fulton isn't in this game. And two of yeah. the best and most impressive defensive performances, sans Jim Schwartz. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. There's uh, no well, and... Let's be very honest. Are you surprised that the Titans blocked a punt in the first game without Craig Ackerman, or blocked a field goal without in the first game without Craig? That's crazy. Is that a shocker? Is that a surprise? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I, a, it's a pretty big surprise. Uh, but it's just kind of funny. Like you get the the best of special teams, the worst of special teams. Yeah. At the end of the day. Those that have spent all week calling for Mike Vrabel's head, saying that Mike Vrabel isn't a good offensive head coach or that he can't, uh, they can't develop Will Levis. You can't trust them to develop Will Levis. Um, there are people today saying that if Mike, Vr this is, let me tell you what was on mainstream, I guess you would say mainstream fanalist Titans X. Okay. So they're, they're fanalists that fancy themselves analysts like me and like Mike. Okay. So let me tell you what they said. They said that if Mike Vrabel had the Dolphins offensive roster, they would not be a top 10 offense. How ridiculously what? stupid is that? That is the most asset. And listen, I kept my timeline clean because I said this morning I wanted to try to keep it, you know, very Hendersonville, you know, pro Hendersonville, let people yeah, know what yeah. was going on. So I didn't I, I tried not to talk during the day. And it really I had a lot of deleted tweets, had a lot of tweets, I had to mute and all this stuff. But I just want to say that if we have seen because all it takes is to be like 23.1 points per game to be the number to be number 10 offense in the NFL today. The margins are so small in the NFL. The margins, the margins are, so are small. small. That in 2021 with Todd Downing and the most injured roster, they were above that by almost 1.8 points. So if you don't think that Mike Vrabel with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tagovailoa, that offensive line, Raheem Mostert, and all those guys, if you don't think Mike Vrabel and Tim Kelly can make that a top 10 offense, you are fucking crazy. Like you are so far deep into the hatred of Mike Vrabel that you cannot see past your own rage. And but, tonight should show you that it's not just about being an offensive head coach. It's not being about defensive head coach. It's about getting the most out of your team every Sunday that you can get on their talent level. And he, I, I'm just telling you right now that the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel, he will get what he can out of this team as long as they believe. And I said it last week, it was a good loss because that team fought and it wasn't good enough, but that team fought and we turn around and yeah. what is that team still doing? What is Mike Vrabel still doing? He is teaching them to fucking fight. I, to me, 
This team is fighting. <laughs> Donnie, in a, <laughs> there was a, Donnie said, someone tell me who said that about Vrabel, uh, looking for violence, choosing violence. I think, I can't remember who said it earlier, but said, I think it was maybe, uh, t- was it Taylor maybe that said, look, I'm clocking in tomorrow, completely hammered. You, you guys are out for blood tonight, which I appreciate. Here's all you need to know about Mike Vrabel. The Tennessee Titans, without Jeffrey Simmons, <clears throat> held the highest scoring offense in a in the history of an NFL football game and the most yards ever in the history of an NFL football game. It took them until 534 of the fourth quarter with five minutes to go. For 55 minutes, the Miami Dolphins offense did not score a touchdown. And while I think the Dolphins did some of that to themselves because they went away from the running game and I think they could have just, like if they were patient enough, they could have just handled this game. But you know what? You got to take opportunities when you get them. And they made plays. And Levis stepped onto the field. I'm, I'm telling you, like, it was a transformation. Because if you think about the plays that made were problems, it was the, the, the screen pass early with the pick six. Makes a big mistake there. Bad call by Tim Kelly, in my opinion, but also a bad throw by Will Levis. Bad decision by Levis. Throw it in the feet. Throw it in the ground. But the Eric Gehrer with the touchdown and then the pitch, the, the pitch to Henry, which I think is on Levis as well, Fumble gives up another touchdown that breaks every team in the NFL that breaks almost every team in the NFL and for Will Levis to step on the field. Absolutely. The Miami Dolphins defense exhaled. There's no question about that. So let's not go crazy and and not acknowledge that because they did. But for most teams to step onto the field and to give up their first touchdown against the Dolphins at 534 and to step on the field and then go right down the field. What was it? Nine plays, 75 yards, touchdown and a two point conversion to say, you know what? We're going for the win if we get the ball back. Three timeouts on the plus side of the two-minute warning. It was all strategized by Mike Vrabel. Now, and the, player, the players had to throws, And Will Levis was making throws in the second half because we talked about the second half last week. I wrote about the second half last week. And I checked I checked the, the halftime score or the halftime completion percentage in at halftime. His CPOE was in the negatives. And he ended... At 4.4. So his completion percentage was actually, I think, in the 40s at at the half. And then it was supposed to be in the low 50s. He ended in that in 60.5 and it was supposed to be 65 or 56.1. So that's a 4.4 swing, not including what was supposed to be what it was kind of trending to in the first half. So Will Levis in the second half was making throws that were not expected to be completed. Yep. And yep. that's what we wanted to see, right? Like I said, you could criticize and critique a quarterback, but you still want them to be something better. And I said that he needs to improve his completion percentage over expected. The Titans want to win games. And what does he do? His completion percentage over expected got better in the second half and the Titans fucking won a game. Well, like, it was this is a Will Levis driven team that was in. He was making plays that a lot of quarterbacks weren't expected to make, according to historical data, including 2023 current data. And guess who's the number three passer of the week with 327 yards? That'd be Will freaking Levis. Will Levis has the most passing yard, the third most passing yards on the week. Uh, I mean, he just had a damn good game, and that's so that's so great to take to take from it. And like, I think well, about the okay. Do, do the you think he had a great right? Like he threw that interception, and all he did was come back and bounce back from it. And listen, you know what? Mike Vrabel actually didn't spit in his face or punch him or ground him like everybody thinks that there's some big problem between Mike Vrabel and Will Levis. No. He said, hey, that's okay. We make a mistake. Let's move on. And guess what they did? They moved on and they fucking won a game. And just, I don't know. There's synergy there that everybody wants to disrupt. And I don't think you need to be disrupted. I I certainly do not want to see Will Levis two and a half, three yards into his own end zone, go shoulder to shoulder with the defensive lineman. I I don't want to see that again. I don't ever want to see that again. If a defensive lineman's coming at you and you're in the field of play, sure, go for it. You want to make a, you want to be a hero and Big stop boy. the play, go for it. But not when you're three yards deep in the end zone. Get the fuck out of the way. Uh, you're the quarterback. Do what every other quarterback does and protect yourself. You don't have to take the unnecessary shots. Now, I don't think his game was great. I think he did show promise. I think he showed uh, 
some intestinal fortitude, some testicular fortitude, some mental fortitude, where he would make the bad play. Now, it took two drives, but then they came back and they went 14 plays, 86 yards after the screen pass pick six. Like he, he had moments where he was making a bad play and then responding. He makes the bad fumble, Derrick Henry, they're down two scores, and then he responds with the best drive of the night, throwing the football. And and Colby, to your point, the NWI throw near the goal line was gorgeous. Uh, touch per- was touch was but perfectly between the two levels. I'm 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 drinking whiskey here. Sorry, Colby. I'm reading your 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 post. But I think what ultimately I loved about that play more was the fact that he took that split second with the head movement and the shoulders to look just a half a second. To, to keep the safety, to keep, I don't know if it's a corner or a safety, nickelback maybe, just to hesitate. He didn't get out of his back pedal and go back to cover him. And he just, he kind of looked to the flat for a second and then it went, and then it went over the top. And when you do that split second look and the head twist just a half a second to the other guy, that's all the corner needs to not get out of his back pedal. And if he doesn't get out of his back pedal, he can't get back to cover that throw. And then Will Levis made the throw to NWI. So I, I think that I think those, that was those the are the things you want to see. I think that I, I think, was the second best game. Yeah, I for sure. But I, what I mean is, is uh, first of all, it was his number one yardage total, and his 8.6 yards per attempt is number two to, I believe, the, the, the Falcons game. The Falcons game is sort of just like this anomaly. <laughs> just, it wasn't like a real football game. Yeah, if you take game. the Falcons game out, this would be his best game in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and more importantly, what does he learn about being a quarterback in the two-minute? What does he learn about being a quarterback in clutch situations? What does the team learn about how to trust him? What does Tim Kelly learn about what, what he wants to do? Honestly, the fact that the offensive line is not a story on the final two drives is a huge deal outside of the goddamn false starts. They've got to fix that. The, the, the illegal motion Hashtag not a tackle. God, I got to fix that. But otherwise, those two drives could have easily been de- like if they don't score touchdowns on those, it could have easily been because of the offensive line. Don't and forget it wasn't. the NWI false start, right? I mean, he overcomes that false start as well. Well, it wasn't. That was Which technically is a, they- a team that typically doesn't do false starts, right? Like this team cannot get out of its own way when it talks about uh, false starts. But NWI did a false start at the very end of the game. Well, no, that was a that wasn't technically a false start, although it probably should have been. Oh, that's right. That's right. They did the. Uh, <laughs> That was uh forgot. That was such a weird uh I don't like that call. I don't bad. like I actually don't like that call. When a defensive line shifts like that, you should not be calling a, a, a defensive penalty. But look, you'll take it. If you're a Titans fan, you'll take, take it. it. So um yes, yes, Stoney. We can talk about how every how everyone was so sweaty. I kept looking at my wife going, like, why are people wearing hoodies in the in the I know it's December, but it's fucking Miami. Like, what are we doing? Um, yes, QC Hawk. They called it a delay of game. On yeah, the defensive forgot. line for shifting. And I saw a move, and I'm like, "Oh, there goes another false start." But I forgot about that delay again. I, I, what, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> what, what are we doing with that one? Um, but he, again, NWI makes it, uh, runs a talk about Tim Kelly, the two point play. I mean, brilliant design by Tim Kelly there. NWI executes. Will Levis almost falls, but executes. Uh, again, we could talk Spears if you want to here as well. I, I think Spears is was was fantastic the entire game, uh, but certainly in those last two drives. And I know you can't you can't count on a lot of those plays outside of the two to four minute offense because a lot of those dump downs and a lot of those checkdowns are happening because of the two minute offense. But every time he touches the football, man, for his entire career, which is now what thirteen games, it, he doesn't do much but fall forward and break tackles. So it's it's very rare to see him get tackled by the first guy that touches him. And that used to be what you be you could be able to say about Derrick Henry. That is not that anymore. And he I feel that he gets slower. Like when Derrick Henry has a bad game, he has a bad game. And we have yet to see a bad Tajay Spears game. And a lot of people are like wanting this. It's not just Logan because there's other people that are wanting to sign Derrick Henry to an extension or whatever. And listen, I'm not saying the Titans won't, but this is a Tajay Spears plus someone else. Like someone is his sidekick. Someone is his Robin to his Batman. And that's what you got to figure out. Uh, Traylon Burks is proving that you cannot count on him in year three. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about that. The, um, 
I I think Chig is having a nice bounce back campaign. It's still not the heights that you wanted to see, but at least he's not costing you the game like he was earlier in the year with drops and this and that. He he's been productive like four straight games. Yeah, yeah so. I'm just not. I mean, it's still not the heights of what you want. Sure, sure. Like what you expected, but he is at least not costing you games. Um, I mean, really. What what you want even out of a loss is to see Skaronsky have a good game, Tajay Spears have a good game, and Will Levis have a good game, right? Like that's what you want to see. And right now you're seeing all three, your first three draft picks, right? Like they're your first three draft picks are contributing in big ways to the success of this team on offense. Like when the success is there on offense. It's usually with Tajay Spears, Skaronsky, and Will Levis on the field at the same time. So you yep. really need those three. And DeAndre Hopkins, man, there's sometimes when I look at him and I feel like if if a play goes wrong or something, I'm like, oh, man, he's about to check out. Because that's what I'm used to seeing from wide receivers. They just check out. And then he just goes crazy and is trying to break tackles and like steal defensive backs' soul from their chest, ripping out <laughs> their hearts. Well, uh, I, I don't. And, I don't have the numbers. Great, great to see. I don't. I want to get. So there's. I want to talk Derek Henry for a second, but I don't have the numbers in front of me. But I'm willing to bet you that I am already way wrong on my preseason. Like I was. I was right about a lot of stuff, but I was dead, absolutely dead ass wrong about Hopkins' total production this year in, in the season. Now I've got to double check the numbers, and I, I assume with what, what we got, like uh, what four or five more games to go. Four more games to go. He's at seven hundred and seventy-four. I, I honestly, I, I think seven seventy-five might have been like my season-long projection for him. So, so obviously, I am like way under under what what he's going to produce. So, Hopkins, one of the one of the things that I would say I got the most wrong so far already was DeAndre Hopkins not necessarily maybe having it, but when he goes up against Jalen Ramsey, and a couple of times, like the one play on the sideline that wasn't even a catch where he just like beat him down the sideline, came back, Levis threw it a little high, but he made the play and he just didn't get the second foot down. Like that means he's, he's clearly still got it. And and so I think Hopkins bringing him back next year, I think is a, is a, is a critical piece. Uh, you pair him. Imagine this draft to tackle it. Like all you gotta do is just not cut him, Right. I mean, you got him under right, contract. Right. Just don't cut him. Right. So you pay him, you pay that man his money. And then you obviously you, you go get Calvin Ridley with all that cap space uh, and then you draft a tackle at number nine or ten. I don't know. There's re with you, with Spears in there and Skaronsky. Uh, there's reasons to to again just let's see how it develops over the course of the rest of the season. But there's reasons to get excited about it. Uh, Sinkers Beverages, of course, Kingston Group. I'll stop talking about draft picks. I'm sorry, um, Stony. Don't talk to me like that. You're not my wife. Sinkers Beverages, the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com, Uber Eats. I don't know if they're open right now, so don't Uber Eats them right this second. But when you're listening to this. Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> you, you can you can search Uber Eats, uh, Sinkers Beverages, and they'll deliver the booze directly to your house. They drive so you can drink. And and again, I want to do. I do want to make this very clear. Like, I, I, that's one of the craziest football games I've ever seen. And on the heels of what has taken place this weekend, again, all the people in Clarksville and Madison and and Hendersonville. Uh, Bluegrass Beverages, the sister store of Sinkers, which is sponsors football and other efforts, had damage, took damage, and was hit uh, by the the hurricane, by the tornado. Um, And then to lose Frank Wycheck, who is, uh, again, I think one of the more complicated but self-aware and kind humans that, and more important humans that's ever played for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, And I just think it's, it's a fitting way for the weekend to end with all of that in context to what we just saw Will Levis do in the final five minutes of the game. I just, you cannot write the script about middle Tennessee and losing a player that is beloved as Frank Wycheck. And then seeing the next generation of a guy who does play the game like Steve McNair. Let's be very honest about Will Levis. He plays the game like Steve McNair, maybe too much. Maybe he needs to chill the fuck out, but like you can't, that is all a part of the story. And if you're writing that story, I don't know how you're not like floating on cloud nine right now, even with a five and eight football team. I understand where they are, but I don't know. I don't know. I can still get to nine and eight. There's a, and and I'm not, listen, listen, I'm not a particularly, 
I'm not a particularly religious person, uh, but I do believe in like all of us being connected in the universe somehow. And to, to have this happen after this weekend so that middle Tennessee and, and all the things that they dealt with and losing a player like that, to have it a person like that, to have it end this way is, is absolutely fucking wild. It is wild. And I, I like, I don't think you and Isaac actually understand how crazy it is, even in this moment. I, I think it's going to take a few days before we step back and go, holy shit. <laughs> well, in a few days, I'll be really mad that they won because uh, <laughs> draft picks. Draft picks don't look, trade the draft pick, move down five spots to confirm that you've got a superstar quarterback. I'm good with that. And I'm fine. Like, I'm good I with mean, that. that's the thing is like, I, I kind of would like the best of both worlds. Someone had put it up earlier is like, you want this Will Levis game, but you want them to lose by one point. Like you don't want them to make the extra the two point conversion, right? You want the the Dolphins still win, but Will Levis looks really good, and that's kind of. I I, I would tra- look. I, I I all the joy that's been in the comments the whole night. Don't poo poo all that, Zach. It's okay. I'm not poo poo okay. it. I I'm I am okay. I am happy, energetic. My energy. I won't be able to sleep. <laughs> uh for a little bit it'll take me a while to i mean i have to watch some monk episodes to oh, um, that's what you do to, to calm to, down as a monk well i watch just watch whatever show i'm binging yeah. right now right. that would be monk have you seen the curse by any chance Did anyone see the curse in the comments oh no, i need to watch the curse I holy shit dude is it good have you seen well it? me and my wife watched the first episode i and i've never like you know how okay you know how all you titans fans felt and i was the same way in like on the on the last drive after the Titans took the lead, you know how your your, your shoulders you can't relax, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like your spinal cord and your muscles all feel like they're just like in a ball. You can't do it. It's like that is it's how, like watching the bear. That's how I feel like watching the bear. That's how I feel watching the does every scene in the curse is just like my shoulders are tense and I can't sit. Like I can't. It's so cringe. Emma Stone is fantastic in the first episode. There's too many penises. I'll just, I'll just spoiler alert. <laughs> All these penises. Uh, too many, too have many you penises. Watched, okay, we're kind of getting down a weird path. But have you watched um, <laughs> Leave the World Behind yet? I have not. I have not. That's a good show. We're, That's a good movie on Netflix. It's very intense. We're drinking and celebrating, and and oh, Stoney's here, and Stoney's here, so you can talk about it. I will say this, and but, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I wanted, I want to, I, I was going to do this at the top of the show because I assumed. We would be doing a very sad show about how terrible and awful the Titans played. But I do want to tell my one Frank Wycheck story. And if you're still with us, Sinkers Beverages, Kingston Group, we love you guys and love the comments. I do want to tell the one Frank Wycheck story that I have because everyone's got one. And I lived about four houses down from him in high school. I, I was I went to Franklin High School in, in the, the late 90s as the Titans had moved here. I moved here in like 97, same, same time the Titans moved to Memphis. And... I played football at Franklin, and there is no, for those that know, uh, Davidson and Williamson County, all the state of Tennessee, uh, the, the budget that goes into education does not fund athletics. There's no money that goes to the athletics in, in uh, Metro Nashville Public Schools and Williamson County as well. Doesn't fund it. So we had to sell these cards, Zach, these $20 gift cards that in 1998 had about 20 businesses on the, on the back. That were I know what Frank- you're talking about. They were in Franklin. And you get like, you take them to Sonic or something, no free shouts. And you get like a free cherry limeade or something. You take it to w- w- 20 businesses in the town yeah. that would give you like 20% Usually off. car washes. So a lot of car washes. Yeah. F- food, you know, food, car washes, you know, gas station, whatever. There was, but there was a discount card that like benefited you. You paid $20 for it. It worked for the entire year. We, every player for Franklin High School had to sell 20 of them for $20 a piece to pay for like our trip to like camp against Baylor down in Chattanooga to pr- do, to do preseason for, or, or, and to just support the athletic department. And then it's about $400 that each kid had to sell. We all had to go sell it basically like, Hey, go door to door, go figure it out. Fucking high school kids. <laughs> it's just the dumbest shit ever, but we had to do it. And my, my junior year, 1998 fall of 98, I'm walking through the neighborhood. I got like 12 cards left. I've sold like seven or eight and I would knock on Frank Wycheck's door and I say, Hey, uh, my name's Braden. I play for, I play football at Franklin high school and we're raising money for the athletic season. Um, you know, I'm trying to sell these cards. Uh, he goes, how many you got left? I was like, I got 12. He goes, I'll take them all. So he gives me every penny for all 12 and he goes next year, come back. And I go, 
Thank you, uh, Mr. Wycheck. <laughs> That's so nice of you. That's great. And like, he's got two little daughters that I think are running around in the, in the back of the house. I want to say they're like five, six years old or whatever. Cause now they're the ones that are living in Chattanooga where he tragically passed. And I came back the next year. I knocked on the door. I said, I don't know if you remember me. My name is Braden. I play for Franklin high school. I've got these cards. I wanted to see if you wanted to buy one, not thinking he knew anything or remembered anything or anything. And he goes, yeah, I remember you give me all 20. And he gave me 400 bucks. I gave the 400 bucks to the Franklin high school football coach. He bought 32 out of my 40 cards over two years, remembered that he had did it the year before. And he did it out of the kindness of his heart. And I told him that story in 2016, when I was working at 1025, I'd been working at 1045 and I told him that story. And he was like, he remembered the whole fucking thing. And I don't know how the brain that beaten up by CTE that caused all the trauma in his life that led to, I assume, had a part in, in tragically passing at 52 years old, could remember that kind of stuff because I, he did it so often for so many people. And I just wanted to say thank you, Frank, for what you did. One of the best tight ends to ever play. One of the nicest guys to ever play. He had his demons. He was a complicated man, but he was a kind man and a fucking awesome football player. And I just wanted to say all that to end a night where we saw some crazy shit. <laughs> and we saw uh, uh, Will Levis maybe blossom into a star quarterback. Maybe the Titans turn a corner. Who knows? I don't know. But I think it was appropriate that that's how that game ended on the weekend that Frank Wycheck passed away and our neighborhoods were hit with, with tornadoes. I think, it, I think it happened for a reason. And I don't even believe in this shit, Zach. Well, I think that's a great story and a good uh, example of what I've heard a lot on the radio and in tweets and X's and articles all about Frank Wycheck. And, you know, I think you said it best and I couldn't agree more. All right. Sinkers Beverages, the Kingston Group are two great and awesome, amazing sponsors. Please, please, please support them. Certainly support Bluegrass. Do not go up to Hendersonville or Madison or, or Clarksville reach out to people you know in the area and see what they need. Check out some of the local charities and see what they need. Certainly money is going to be important. Uh, if you can help with that, there's lots of organizations that are helping out. So just, you don't need to go up there and drive and rubberneck and get, get screw up traffic and, and look at the damage. It's not cool. What happened in my neighborhood in 2020, it sucks. So don't do it. Uh, otherwise um, support some people. Again, check out bluegrass beverages, see what you can do to help them. Uh, again, the Kingston group sinkers beverages. Awesome great partners and sponsors uh stacking the inbox.com zach one of my one of my other podcast co-hosts says he loves the name of your 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 uh sub stack so check out stacking the inbox stacking the inbox.com i agree i think you did a great job with that so go check that out uh as well um, did a great job with my name not a great job with the articles is what i'm i'm getting from that no not at all he loves the content he subscribes that's why oh, he's okay. a subscriber yeah loves the content he no he just was like man i love that name uh just giving you giving you giving you some credit where credit is due. Um, otherwise, thank you guys all for hanging out. 440 Sports YouTube page. Give us a subscription. We do appreciate it. Uh, the podcast as well and uh, all the other shows across the network. We will talk to you guys on Thursday. Otherwise, congratulations, Will Levis, Hall of Famer. <laughs> for Zach, I am Braden. Have a great night, everybody.